Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to the Hellmouth. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley. This is the Buffy Podcast by a professional podcaster and Michaela. Hellmouth? Hellmouth. Well, That's right, motherfuckers. <laughs> I get paid to make podcasts. Not this one. Not this one. <laughs> <laughs> but another one. Well, it's a secret. Yep. It's called Five Under Five. <laughs> it's about video games. Sorry, are you plugging this podcast on the other podcast as well? Or No, it's five minutes long. I don't have time to plug things. <sighs> it's in my bio. It's fine. <laughs> fine. Fine. God. <laughs> can't believe you're doing this to me. <laughs> <laughs> what episode are we on? Episode 8 of season 2, The Dark Ages, original air date, November 10th, 1997. Nice. Wow, we're still in 97. Oh yeah, like for a couple more episodes, it's still not... <laughs> 98 yet. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of weird because it seems like they've made fashion progress to some extent. Yeah, who knows if that's a function of having like a better wardrobe department in season two. Perhaps they had a bit more money. I don't know. So my first note about this episode is that I should definitely not be watching it in the daytime <laughs> because fuck, it starts off dark. There's lots of very dark portions, as always. I actually felt that most of it was all right. Just the first scene, I was like, what? what's happening? Right. Do I know this guy? Am I supposed to be able to see his face? So, no, I guess is the answer to that question. I hope not. It doesn't God. really matter if you see his face or not, because you've sure got no idea who he is. Yeah, he's, uh, there's some guy looking for Ripper. He's businessy looking and he's briefcase holding. Yep, Mr. Briefcase. And he's walking around the school. So he finds the janitor mm -hmm. and asks where Mr. Giles is. This janitor, I mean, presumably <laughs> this is the night janitor. Uh -huh. He's probably the one who's seen Giles walking in with God knows what. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't even think about that. And now some man with a briefcase <laughs> is asking about Giles at God he's knows like, what mm -hmm. time of night. I knew this was coming. <laughs> So this night janitor's got a lot of questions about Giles. <laughs> this person, his name's Philip. He goes up to the library building and starts banging on the door. I assume that's the door into the stacks. Oh, right? that would make sense. Yeah. What else could it possibly be? Is there mm -hmm. a third entrance? No, that'd be crazy. Yeah. He starts banging on the door and suddenly a zombie shows up behind him. Zombie woman. Yeah, she's a zombie woman. Uh, he seems to know her. Calls her Deirdre. Yeah. And I mean, as far as zombies go, she seems to be pretty... Intact? Yeah. Uh -huh. She's walking around and she's saying things. She's got something weird going on with her eyes, though. Yeah. So she's spooky. Mm -hmm. He's banging on the door. But Dave, no one can hear him. Because... <laughs> Is this happening at the same time? I swear when Buffy's jazzercising, <laughs> which is why they can't hear anything. Yeah. I swear it's daytime in the library, but it was clearly just nighttime outside. Did it seem like daytime in the library? I was sure this was all happening simultaneously. Otherwise, it's a weird thing to cut to. Yeah, you're probably right, but I don't, yeah. You found the lighting in the library to be strange. Yes. And why is Buffy jazzercising in the middle of the night? Ah... <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's a good question. So she says she's aerobicizing <laughs> to some quote-unquote music. And this is all just like a setup of, oh, look how stuffy and British Giles is. He doesn't think that this is music, and he's right. right. <laughs> I mean, it's no dubstep, but yeah, <laughs> it's certainly not classical. No, it's pretty techno-y. Whatever Buffy's doing for her aerobicizing, which is what she calls it, is looking real 80s. So I can believe this was still 97. So that's like doing, I think it's called step. 
Yeah. So I've done that before in my life in the 2000s or maybe 2010s. So people still no. do that. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, first you start with step, then you go step up. And before you know it, Michaela, you're at step up to the streets. <laughs> then maybe you're at step up 3D. And I don't even want to think about that. Please. Is Channing Tatum even in step up to? He's in the first one? Yeah. What? That's where he met his wife, Jenna Dewan Tatum, who was not yet called that. <laughs> Why have I not watched this movie? So what you're saying is we need to watch Step Up. <laughs> but maybe that's a slippery slope. I don't... Mm. <laughs> Hmm. I'll think on it. Are there only three? Or is, is there more than that? Surely there's more. Why would they stop after three ridiculous dance movies? <laughs> anyway, Deirdre kills Philip and then melts into a blue blob. A puddle of blue goo. I didn't think that this effect looked particularly bad, frankly, for what it's trying to do. And knowing that it's operating on a TV budget in the 90s. Yeah. I thought it looked fine. Yeah. We've seen like Snake Guy in Reptile Boy and that that was bad. <laughs> Whenever you got a wide shot of that, it was awful. You're like, stay away from the wide shots. Keep it close. We've seen in Nightmares in the first season when there were like giant bees. Yeah, (laughs) that was a terrible effect. This one, I was like, okay, I think we're actually moving on. Yeah. This is pretty awesome. So the puddle of blue goo appears and it kind of runs towards, I assume at this point we're supposed to think that Mr. Briefcase is dead. Yes. And yeah, it touches his hand or some part of him. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, a zombie just choked the shit out of right, him. Yeah. So yeah, he's dead. And yeah, the blue puddle goes towards him. And that's our cold open done. Woo! I have remembered nothing about this episode so far. Great. So there are a bunch of episodes that just, I don't know, maybe I skipped them? <laughs> I couldn't have skipped them. I don't know what happened, but I don't remember anything about them. That's for sure. That's good, huh. though. Then it's uh, it's like you're watching it for the first time. Yeah, it's very much like that. <laughs> nice. So we see Ripper getting some prophecy dreams. Yeah, that's sorta. right. It, Buffy's not wow. the only one. Nice. Good job, Ripper. <laughs> They're like sort of prophecy. They're not really predicting the future. It's more present and past. They're, yeah, nightmares about things that happened. Mm-hmm. So far, I mean, at this point in the episode, you have no idea what they're trying to tell you. Well, we see like some punk looking youth. (laughs) Uh, We see shots of what looks like pretty clearly not a human of the demon variety. Yeah, it's, it's pretty confused. But Giles is having some prophecy dreams and I'm okay with that. We cut to Willow and Buffy out front of the school. Buffy is wearing a pretty sweet halter top <laughs> and some normal looking sunglasses. What Dave, the fuck? Did you, did you miss her normal looking sunglasses? I mean, yes, because they look normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not circular and weirdly round. They're like a normal size. What? They're like, like if I saw someone fuck? wearing those sunglasses today, I'd be like, yeah, those are just sunglasses. Perfectly normal. Buffy, what have you done? (laughs) It's amazing. So the Scoobies are playing anywhere but here with a bunch of pop culture references that I basically don't get. Were teenage girls into John Cusack? Was that a thing? That's my question. (laughs) Because I know John Cusack, I think primarily from Con Air. (laughs) Okay, no. He was in like 80s stuff. Like um, the one where he's holding the boombox. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's eating boiled goose. Is that the one? (laughs) And he cranks his boombox up. What? The spread is bland, sauerkraut and boiled goose. There's no way these people will ever cut loose. But then I walk in the room, hold my boombox high. And what happened next will blow your mind. I hope that other people 
know what you're talking about. <laughs> but yeah, he holds his boombox up. Okay. But I'm yeah, gonna... he's like, and he's in 16 Candles a little bit, I think. Oh. Is he Patrick Swayze in Ghost? <laughs> yeah, that's that's also yeah. true. He plays the Patrick Swayze character in Ghost. Okay. So he's like a heartthrob <laughs> to some extent. Because Con Air, he is not what I would think of as a heartthrob. Well, that's many years later. Like, when did Con yes. Air come out? I want it to be 97. <laughs> oh my god, Con Air came out in 1997. <laughs> <gasps> yes! Oh my god. So Willow is talking about contemporary John Cusack in Con Air. <laughs> Wow, that is not a good fantasy. Oh, man. He's the hero of Con Air. Yeah. (laughs) That doesn't make him attractive. No, I know. Man, people are going to think that we only ever watch Nicolas Cage movies. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and they'd be so wrong. (laughs) Super wrong. Anyway, all the Scoobies are making fun of Giles for being so stuffy and British because they need to set this up in the episode that Giles is stuffy and British, in case you forgot. (laughs) I think that's all we know about Giles so far. So it'd be a weird no, thing books. for us to forget. Yeah, because he's stuffy and British. Right. And also tea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but J. Cal shows up to talk to Ripper. Yep. And sets up that, just briefly, that Willow, Xander, and Cordy will all be at school on Saturday for remedial computer help. <laughs> and Willow's the tutor there, not the recipient. Yeah. Luckily for them, only Xander and Cordelia <laughs> need this remedial computer help. <laughs> I love that Xander hadn't been informed before... <laughs> Friday? Until right now. Oh, that's so good. And in front of all of his friends. Like, J.K.L., that's not that's not a good way to handle that. She's just like, oh, I bet Xander has nothing going on. I'll tell him eventually. <laughs> yeah. She wasn't wrong, Dave. Oh, no. <laughs> Her and Giles are being pretty cute. They're, like, all awkward. <laughs> well, he is, mostly. Yeah, he is very awkward. They're having a really flirty scene that kind of makes me uncomfortable, but also I like it. I don't know. Which which scene? The one where she's talking, she's heavily oh. insinuating that they're going to have sex on Saturday. While they're having that conversation, they are alone. Yes. They're still in the school that uh-huh. they're both authority figures at. So, you know, a student could walk by. At any time. At any time. And that makes it, I guess it's at least she's only insinuating. She doesn't technically say it. Yeah, there's a lot of language used that... Mm, I don't know. How do you feel about the term sexy fuddy-duddy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she points out that Root Ripper is a fuddy-duddy and he's like, I've heard that one before. Then, yes, yeah, sexy fuddy-duddy comes up and you're like, Nope. Is that a thing? It makes me pretty uncomfortable. Even saying it out loud made me pretty uncomfortable, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. I really like her little bit when she makes him freak out about the book, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, talking about dog-earing all the pages, then underlining all the pages, (laughs) and then spilling coffee coffee over it. (laughs) And he's just getting more and more horrified, and he's, like, trying to pretend he's not so horrified, but he is... (laughs) she's messing with him so hard oh and before this the scoobies had that weird moment where like for some reason they all decide to imagine them doing it yeah that's not a good idea guys no super gross no which is sort of the reason that i'm uncomfortable with it but at the same time as we've established 43 is not old no and jcal's like 27 right we're pretending that she's in her 30s though yeah because she's a teacher So yeah, like that's that's a perfectly reasonable age to have a relationship at. They're both adults, it's fine. It's just 
still makes me uncomfortable because Giles is like a father figure. Then they are kissing and the bell goes off Mm -hmm. and they kind of awkwardly separate, but not that fast. Yeah. And some students probably saw that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So It's an open secret for sure. (laughs) Anyway, we can get to Ripper getting arrested. Right. He shows up to the library and there are some popo. Waiting for him. And a detective, presumably. Mm-hmm. The dead guy that Giles is just now finding out about, which seems kind of strange, actually, because it happened, like, outside of the library. Yeah, that's kind of why I thought it might be different timing oh. for the aerobicizing. <laughs> Giles is finding out now, either way, and the dead guy had no ID, which I have a lot of questions about, (laughs) but had a piece of paper with Giles' name on it. (laughs) And address. Yes. But instead of going to that address, or maybe he did go to that address, didn't find him and was like, oh, he must live at the school. So this guy is somebody that Ripper knew in England. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deirdre was also someone from England. Yeah. What are these people doing in the States? In America? Oh. Like this guy knew where to find Giles, but couldn't pick up a phone to be like, <laughs> oh, BT dubs, that demon guy is coming to kill us. Huh. <laughs> like, and how did he get to the States with no ID? Um... <laughs> <laughs> what is well, he doing here? Listen, this is a this is a fun episode. And we don't have to think about that sort of thing too much. Because Ripper sees Phillips's corpse and he's like, oh yeah, I totally know this guy. And is getting super worried very quickly. The detective points out a tattoo on Philip's arm and is like, do you know anything about this? <laughs> Giles just goes, uh, n- uh, me? I, n- n- no. Why would I, why would I know anything about that? He's a little less obvious than that. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. I think you could maybe play it off as like, oh, he's in shock because this guy he knew 20 years ago is lying dead on this table in front of him. It actually does come across quite well as shock. Yeah, but uh, no, he's clearly seen that tattoo before. Yes. And then he goes home. Well, actually. No, no, no. First, we get to Buffy, Buffy, who is bringing us into our first segment of the evening. Oh. On a stakeout. Can't let you see me. Because steaks, vampires. Yeah. Yeah, this is a segment that I've wanted to get to for a while. But it hasn't come up yet. <laughs> I mostly forgot about it. <laughs> I'm glad you got to use it. It's really uh-huh. good. I love it. They were supposed to meet up because mm-hmm. it's blood delivery day at the hospital. So Giles mm-hmm. is like, don't be late, Buffy. God. Yeah. And he's the one who's late. Now, would you describe Buffy as a generally stealthy person? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. How many times through this series have we seen her need to be stealthy? Like investigate someone, quietly spy on someone from afar? A lot of times. Given so how times. unstealthy she is. <laughs> Every time she pulls out the trench coat, which is a lot, or sorry, a trench coat because she has like 50 of them. She's not wearing a trench coat in this episode, so that's fine. But she's still on a stakeout. (laughs) Actually, though, just watching (laughs) this blood delivery happen. And you're like, why do you think that standing in a parking lot will make you invisible? Because it works every time. (laughs) Who has ever seen her? Xander and Willow are primarily the people who notice Buffy when she's doing this, which is a Amazing, given how completely conspicuous she is. Maybe everyone else notices her and they're just like, oh, the weird vampire girl is lurking by a post again. (laughs) 
Better pretend we can't see her. That's gotta be it. The vampires don't see her. No, and it turns out that yes, the blood donation shows up and it's handed directly to a couple of vampires. I have more questions now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So... Let's say that I was running a hospital. Yes. And I needed blood to help people who had gotten in accidents, etc. Yes. Would one cooler a week be (laughs) enough for that? Well, here's the thing, Michaela. Uh, In Sunnydale, people die. (laughs) They don't get injured. They die. Right. So they actually have a pretty low need for blood, like in the emergency room. Very low. (laughs) Right. Sunnydale Hospital is basically empty. (laughs) They just want to have a bag of each type of blood (laughs) to make sure that if someone does come in, they can, yeah, have a donation. Okay, next question. Uh Uh-huh. Doesn't this seem like a lot of trouble for these vampires to go to, to get one cooler full of blood bags? (laughs) When arguably, there's probably, like, more blood than that in one person. And why aren't they content to just hunt people? Who's getting their blood from a blood bag if you're a vampire? Like, Angel does, obviously. Or pigs or whatever. Yeah. But why would a vampire demon be even slightly content with that? I... Hmm. So the blood donation gets stolen and Buffy hops out to go wreck some shit up. She's against three vampires, but that's not too bad for her. Uh, She starts to fight them. This is the darkest fight scene ever. Like, you can't (laughs) see anything. It's also one of the best fight scenes that I've seen because Angel shows up and now it's a two on three fight scene where the vampires are mostly trying to get away and Angel and Buffy are trying to stop them from doing that. It all works really well. There's really good fight choreography, but yes, it's very dark. And maybe that kind of adds to it. It's a bit of fun confusion and then Buffy and Angel sort of almost punch at each other and they're like, oh, (laughs) it's you. Cool. See, that could have been done with better lighting though. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so Buffy's like, oh, what are you doing here? And Angel's like, oh, it's delivery day. Everyone knows about this. Is this the first time that Buffy's showed up to delivery day? Right? And again... (laughs) It happens weekly and Angel knows all about it. And if this is happening weekly, is the hospital ever actually getting any blood <laughs> because the I vampires no. like had this all worked out yeah like they were dressed as orderlies <laughs> or maybe employed as orderlies i don't know in the hospital <laughs> it, it's very strange one of the vampires gets away and buffy's like why did ripper not show up that's Super weird, because he made sure, absolutely sure, that I knew to show up at 8 o'clock sharp. And he's not here. Mr. Punctual, Mr. Tweed is not here. He's so So stuffy, Dave. Dave, he's such a predictable, stuffy guy. What Uh is going on with him? Well, he, let me tell you, Buffy goes to check on him, (laughs) knocks on his door. He is not looking sheveled. (laughs) He is the most disheveled. He has been unsheveled. Haggard. He is looking haggard. (laughs) Haggard? <laughs> That's mean to Hagrid. You're a wizard, Buffy. <laughs> We already did this joke, I think. No, but yeah, he's acting real weird. He doesn't want her to yes. come in. He's like, oh yeah, right, that thing. Whatever, you're fine, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, maybe Giles is finally coming around to my point of view where <laughs> if a Slayer dies, you just get a new one. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so he doesn't really give a shit about this one anymore. Oh, Jesus. No, but he's got other things on his mind that are more of a personal nature and does not want Buffy getting involved because he needs to keep up his stodgy appearance. Yeah, so he basically just tells her to go away and shuts the door in her face. <laughs> yep. And Buffy's like, well, I don't like this at all. He hops on the phone to England trying to reach Deirdre. Yeah. And he has a great line. It's, Did he at least die painlessly? To shreds, you say? 
Well, how is his wife holding up? To shreds, you say. So it turns out that Deirdre's dead. <laughs> yeah. Recently. Recently deceased. Mm-hmm. And again, if people in England know that she's dead, how did she get to the United States? Oh. <laughs> I think you're asking too many questions about this episode. Here's a better question. How much okay. of that bottle of liquor has Giles had tonight? Uh, most of because it. Because a lot of it is gone for one yeah. sitting. <laughs> But how often does he drink otherwise? Mm, Never. Yeah. So, yeah, he's had a lot to drink. Mm -hmm. And he's got a sweet little list with five names. <laughs> he's making a list and checking it twice. Gonna find out who's dead. That's most of it so far. <laughs> yep. He's got three names crossed off. It's his and Ethan's on it. And that's it for the rest of people, I think. Yeah. For some reason, it really bothered me that he wrote out his own full name. <laughs> Like, why did he just write me? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Rupert Frederick Giles III. Yeah. And this is where we learn that the spooky tattoo that the dead guy had is a spooky tattoo Giles also has. Oh, yeah, it oh, is. Yeah. And that Ethan is back, first off. We haven't seen him since Halloween, which is one or two episodes. Just yeah, just two episodes ago. So yeah. they have a little thing where they kind of remind you who he is. But for the most part, they sort of assume you're going to know. But yeah, they are connected in this in some way. Right. And then we cut back to the morgue. We find out that the dead guy is also a zombie now. Right. So Philip gets up. This is a much spookier and better episode than we've seen in a while. Yeah. Like, it does a good job of just being a mild, light horror episode. Yeah, and the, the stakes are very real. As they always are. It's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Come on, stakes. I knew that I used the <laughs> word stakes, and I was like, well, that was a mistake. Ah! Ah! Oh, fuck. I can't escape it. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's great, like, camera work throughout this episode. There's just good production values in general. And by this point, I'm really enjoying it. But yeah, Philip gets up and hops out of his little morgue container. An orderly comes by and is checking on all the bodies to make sure they're still there. <laughs> which is a great idea in Sunnydale. Because no, one of them's gone. And he's like, Not again. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. He does look surprised, but he's like, Oh, fuck. Philip comes up behind him and shoves him into... I didn't know what to call it. I called it a morgue slot. <laughs> oh, I don't it's know. It's better than morgue hole. <laughs> gross it's yeah. all gross but yeah tosses the orderly in there and locks it yeah i was worried about that guy and then i was like well he's not gonna die overnight the next person will come in the next day and he can bang Check on, the on door. all the bodies right yeah, yeah. and then he'd find a person and be like not again <laughs> <laughs> oh man can you imagine being a morgue assistant <laughs> Opening up one of these things and finding someone alive in there? Oh, yeah. that would scare the pants off you. Right? And like, you're you're probably thinking to yourself, you're checking each one of these and you're like, either the body's still here, it's gone, or maybe there's a live person inside. Like, these are actual options that they probably... Oh. <laughs> right? It's so creepy. No, thanks. <laughs> That takes balls of steel to have that job. Yeah, I hope they are paid well. So we get to Computer Club, where it's all of the main characters that we want. <laughs> yep, very convenient. <laughs> and no one else showing up. No. So they're having school on a Saturday because this is remedial stuff. Yeah. So no one else is around in the school. <laughs> it's just basically the Scoobies. Yeah. 
Jake minus, Hill. Yeah. yeah. Are we Scooby's including minus her? Scooby's Giles and Buffy. I would include her by this point. Yeah. Whenever I refer to the Scoobies in my mm-hmm. mind, I have a clear idea of who it is, but it always changes. <laughs> so sometimes it's just the young ones. Sometimes it's everyone. Yeah, she's definitely part of the gang by now. Xander is wearing more athletic wear today. He's got some is sweet he? track pants on. Oh, because with... he's got a giant sweater. Yep, and track pants. Yeah. Yeah. Willow is also bedecked in a, a hell of a sweater. I At first, I kind of thought it was all one sweater dress <laughs> because the skirt she's wearing is a very similar color to the bottom of the sweater, but it's it's de- mm. not. It's two different things. When did we get out of big sweaters? Because I hope it's soon. <laughs> they always they always do that to Willow, though. They like to put her in really mm-hmm. frumpy stuff, even yeah. still now. Buffy shows up wearing a sweet spaghetti strap tank top, as she will be for God knows how long. <laughs> It's got, like, a large print on it. Yeah. Eventually, I noticed that I hadn't been paying to any, any attention to the fashion mm. yet, so I just wrote down everything I could see. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw this. Okay, so this is a spaghetti strap tank top. Yeah. What's a halter top? Because I have no idea. A halter top is when the straps go, like, around your neck. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So she's wearing one when they're playing anywhere but here. Mm. She's wearing a halter top. Cordelia is still got those weird bangs going on. <laughs> She needs to get rid of those. They're not... Ugh, I don't like them. J. Cal's hair is looking pretty okay, though. Buffy shows up and is talking to J. Cal in front of everyone. <laughs> and I was like, this might be a private conversation. But she's like, I'm concerned about Giles. Yeah. He seems to be acting real weird. Do you know anything about what's going on? And I think it makes sense for her to talk about it in front of... I mean, Willow and Xander. Because mm-hmm. they're going to want to know this as well. And again, there's no one else at this remedial... <laughs> computer thing except for Cordelia. Do you know why she's there, Dave? (laughs) She's there because she happened to come into the library yesterday when Giles was talking to the police. I see. From a plot perspective. (laughs) Yes. She needs to be there because she had interrupted on the police checkup on Giles. And has pertinent information to say, oh yeah, Giles, that dude was just talking to the Popo yesterday about a homicide uh, or something. It takes her like a hilariously long time to bring this up. <laughs> and they comment on it. It's uh, lovely. No, he seemed perfectly normal yesterday when I saw him talking to the police. And you waited till now to tell us this because? I didn't think it was important. We understand. It wasn't about you. It's very it's very Cordelia. <laughs> it's really good. So Buffy decides to go and poke around the library for clues. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she knows that Giles isn't there. I'm assuming. I think she talks about going to find him. Maybe she just figures she'll check the library first. That is a good idea, to be fair. She gets there and notices a shadow in the stacks. So Ethan is here. Woo! And Buffy does not like him. <laughs> Uh, she punches him real good. Oh, yeah. Which he takes on the chin pretty well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, he did. First, he tries to push a bookcase onto her. Right. And tries to scamper her away, and he <laughs> doesn't really work out for him. <laughs> yeah, he's like limping or something. Yeah, so she's not pleased that he, you know, sold her cursed objects <laughs> that nearly got her killed. Yeah, and he's just kind of like, oh, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't give any shits. Nope. It's great. He's only there because he's like, yo, I need somebody to protect me. They both want to know where Giles is, basically. And now that he's not at the library, Buffy's like, there's only one other place he could be at home. <laughs> so gives him a call. And he he still doesn't want to tell her what's going on. But <laughs> oh, fuck no. now she has pertinent information that Ethan told her. She asks about the, what, Mark of Igon? Yeah. And this gets us into our second segment of the evening. Ooh. How do you spell that? Um, how do you spell? Mr. 
It's as it sounds. Yeah, but if you wouldn't mind spelling it for me. Well, I mean, me. can't you? I, mean, I would be very grateful if you would spell it for me. All right, then. N-I-P-P-L hyphen E. <laughs> I, I googled it. <laughs> I waited until they showed it on screen briefly. Oh, they did, didn't they? Yeah. I've gone with E-Y-G-H-O-N. Yeah. Is that correct? Okay. That's what I googled anyways, or what I found <laughs> through Google. How did you google that? I typed the mark of E, because I, I was pretty sure it started <laughs> with an E, and that was one of the options. <laughs> I see. So we've had Impata, which is not a normal North American name, I'm going to say, or like Canadian name. I haven't run into it. Deirdre. How the fuck do you spell Deirdre? I assumed it was like D-E-I-D-R-E. Wait, D-E-I-R-D-R-E? Deirdre. (laughs) D-I-E-R-D-R-E? Some... Something in that vein. Yeah. And then we've got Igon. And I'm like, okay, guys, just like... (laughs) Tone it down. Give us something that we can sound out or some shit. <laughs> because when they say stuff like that and you're like, fuck, I have to type that now. Right. We're <laughs> making notes about this. If this is normal TV, I don't give a fuck. But I'm making notes and I have to say something. At least this one, if I was going to guess how it was spelled, I probably would have just gone like E-Y-E-G-O-N. And that would have been close enough. <laughs> I would have gone I-G-O-N. Interesting. Igon. <laughs> like Igor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fair. So Ethan has the same tattoo. Right. Turns out. Yeah. Uh, everyone's linked by this tattoo that we've seen. And oh yeah, Philip shows up. Yeah, he's after the Ethan. The zombie. Yeah. Right. Buffy fights him and locks him in the very convenient book cage. <laughs> I really liked when he shows up and then Ethan literally like puts Buffy in front of him. <laughs> he's like using her as a shield. <laughs> That's on brand. Uh, this is why I love Ethan so much. What Ethan a is scamp. great. I'm really coming around to him. <laughs> I mean, Scamp is such a mild way of putting it. He's so terrible. He's the worst. <laughs> he doesn't care about anyone else. No, at all. In any way. Ah, oh, so good. He's only in it for himself, and that's exactly who he is. He's very upfront about that, you know? He's not pretending. Yeah. Giles shows up mm-hmm. and is all scary at Ethan again. And Ethan's like, yeah. yo, Ripper, what's up? Everyone's like, Ripper? What? Why are you calling him Ripper? And then Giles picks him up like by the ear yeah and they're like oh makes sense (laughs) this is why and you're just like okay guys i know that you're all super attracted to giles right now (laughs) (laughs) you sure you're not reading into that at all no projecting projecting no No? okay no way that could be projecting cool Uh, yeah, <laughs> Philip breaks out of the book cage and smacks J-Cal on his way past, or like the door hits her, yeah. knocking her to the ground. Gets beat up by Buffy again because, I mean, that's never going to be a fight he wins. And then melts into a blue goo. But uh-oh, Michaela. Oh, uh-oh indeed, because poor unconscious J-Cal on the ground is close enough to him that the blue goo manages to just a little bit gets on her hand, Dave. Just a little bit. Oh, a little bit might be enough here. (sighs) I guess we're going to find out. Ripper, you know, gets Jake Hal up and tells her to lean on me (laughs) when you're not strong and I'll be your friend. No, he tells her to lean on me. No, that was Uh, was exactly what he said. Yeah, he sang and everything. Uh, Jake Hal's totally evil now. Her eyes are doing the flashing thing that means bad news is happening. Yeah, just in case the shot of the blue goo touching her hand wasn't enough. (laughs) Right. Did you notice when the danger struck that Xander and Cordelia? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) 
uh, Xander just like basically grabs Cordelia and gets her out of the way. Yeah. Which it's a nice like subtle thing to show. Yeah, this is sort of progressing. And by this, I mean something that we have no idea what's going to happen, right, nope, Michaela? we sure don't. <laughs> no idea at all. But yeah, Xander's getting all close to Cordelia and like protective in case of actual danger. Yeah. Which Cordelia does not have a lot of ideas about what's actually dangerous. So <laughs> that might be a good idea. She could use some help on the subject. Is that you? Yeah. 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 So yeah, as Giles is leaving with, with J.Cal, he's like, okay, guys, like, I don't want your help with this. I'm going to deal with it myself. I'm an adult. God damn it. And then Buffy's like, fuck him. We don't need him to read books. We'll read our own books. <laughs> I mean, she's not going to read books. No, no, God, no. Willow will. No, yeah. Willow's good at reading books. She has this fun scene of, like, assigning everyone their tasks. Yes. And it's Willow gets to read books. Xander gets to break in and read Giles' private files. Yeah, his personal information. And then Cordy is just sitting there like, and? And me? I'm part of the And gang. Buffy's like, wait, oh, you're still here? Uh, help Xander. Help Xander. <laughs> And then Cordy makes a big stink about how she doesn't want to help Xander. Sure. Sure she doesn't. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're fighting a lot these days, it seems. Except when the chips are down. Yeah. Gee. This episode really felt like Cordelia actively trying to be part of the gang. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> Which, again, it's so weird that they've been waffling on this. I don't know what they're doing. She's their friend. She's not their friend. <laughs> she wants to be part of the gang. She wants anything but to be in the gang. <sighs> it, mm. This is strong on the progressing the season side of things. Oh, so definitely. I'm okay with it. Definitely. After their sweet, sweet research, Willow gets stuck with all the exposition that they couldn't give to Giles. <laughs> Great. Because, I mean, it still sounds pretty reasonable coming out of Willow, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first we get to see that Ripper is taking J-Cal home mm. and they are nearly boarding the train to Bone Town. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know how I feel about this phrasing. <laughs> Uh, it's it's getting pretty explicit in this episode. I think that I'm having trouble with Bone Town. (laughs) (laughs) Is that not what you call it? No, I can't. I can't. I can't. (laughs) I'm out. I'm done. Yep, let's move on. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so Giles is kind of like, this seems weird. He is not on board. And good job, Giles. Yeah, Because no. that's exactly exactly what is happening. J. Cal says, you could take advantage of me in my weakened state. <sighs> and I'm like, nope. Nope, nope, nope. nope. And he's also like, hell no. <laughs> yeah. Like, you you need to go to bed. Some bad right. things have happened to you. The Scooby suss out that J. Cal is now almost certainly possessed by Igon. Given what Giles should know about Igon, which should be a lot, how did he not come to this conclusion? That's a great question. Maybe he didn't realize that J. Cal was unconscious and thought that she was just knocked down? Potentially. This is a weird episode. We get J. Cal getting knocked unconscious, yeah. but it's been so long since we've had Giles knocked unconscious. I know. Has he even been knocked unconscious this season? Not this entire season. That's, That's crazy. eight full episodes. It's bound to happen again. It's got to. I'm so looking forward to it. Maybe they realized that having him get knocked unconscious, what was <laughs> In, it, a third? What, six of the 12 episodes? No, it, it was like four of the 12, I think. Okay. Because at one point we were at half, and then I think we went down to a third. <laughs> right, yeah. Or maybe a quarter. No, I think it was a third. Anyway. It was a third. It was at least four times yeah Yeah, maybe they thought that that was silly (laughs) because gosh sure was 
Right. Okay, so for whatever reason, I mean, I think it's maybe reasonable that he was concerned about her safety, and so he didn't think to himself, gee, I wonder if the demon jumped into her body. Right. Does he think that the demon's dead then? I don't know. Presumably. J.Cal basically starts transforming into Igon and beating the crap out of Giles. It's one of those things where someone becomes a demon and then all of a sudden they're super strong, Mm -hmm. but I think that makes sense. Yep. And it also then makes it okay when Buffy bursts in and kicks her in the face. (laughs) Because if we hadn't just established that she's super strong, that would be pretty weird. Right. (laughs) She does get a good face kick and and then Igon's like, okay, I don't need any of this shit. There's still some other guy that I could be killing later. (laughs) Specifically says like three down, two to go before jumping out the window. (laughs) Also hearkening back to our climbing in your windows. (laughs) What is it about people in windows in this show? That that whole diving out the window, I mean, who knows what floor they were on. That also made me feel okay about Buffy kicking her in the face. I'm like, yeah. ah, she can dive out a window, she can get kicked in the face. No big deal. I still have not remembered a thing about this episode by this point. <laughs> really? And I, I won't. No. By the end of it, like, nothing came back. But it's crazy. This is a really fun episode so far. Yeah. How did I forget <laughs> all of it? Maybe younger you was not interested in the character development of Giles? I don't know. Maybe, yeah, because it's very heavily... It's very heavily Giles, yeah. Yeah. Or Ripples, as we like to call him. (laughs) Right, Ripples. We haven't even got one of those this episode. (laughs) So Buffy is like, okay, Demon just ran away. Three down, two to go. She's going after Ethan. I should go protect Ethan, <laughs> leaving Ripples all alone. <laughs> she, well, f- first she finally makes him be- tell her what the fuck this right. is all about. Because he still doesn't want to. He's like, no, this is my mess. I'll clean up. And she's like, seriously, just tell me what's going on. I love it even more because this is basically what Buffy did to him and the Scoobies. I think like last season at the finale, she was like, no, no one can help me. I'm the Slayer. Yeah. Oh, no, it would have been the first episode of this season. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's just... Just like, no, no one can help me. I'm the watcher. It's very much like their roles are reversed from what they normally would be. Mm-hmm. And it works really well because, yeah, yeah, Giles is trying to be an adult and he doesn't want to put this on Buffy and other people who are teenagers. Right. He doesn't want to ask for their help because he's like, no, this was a stupid thing that I did 20 years ago with my stupid friends. And like, I have I'm to not getting it. other people in danger yeah. because of it. Yeah. So brief recap of Ripper's past life then. He was a student. He got into the occult. He and Ethan figured out this whole Igon thing that they could summon a demon and it would make you feel basically really good like you're on drugs. So this whole thing is about drugs. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not as preachy no. as we are often used to seeing up to this point. It's clearly still a metaphor for drugs, but they're not yes. like after school specialing us about it. I also love that then you don't get a drug story usually where 20 years later, <laughs> the drugs come back to kill you. <laughs> Yeah, also true. Like, that's a novel take on it. Well, and okay, here's another question. I don't know why I have so many questions. I should just <laughs> let these things go. I know that, Dave, but it's, it doesn't matter. It's happening. Mm-hmm. So basically, the way that this all ended and went south 20 years ago was one of the, the members of their group did the demon OD'd. drugs and OD. Yeah. 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 And so that was very traumatic for all of them. They're like, oh, no more of this. Giles presumably went back to school. Who knows? He became a watcher, as he mm-hmm. was meant to. And now, 20 years later, the demon is back. Mm-hmm. But why? What has he been doing? The demon? Yeah, because hasn't the demon just been 
roaming around? Because the demon exists on a different plane, except when you summon it, like when you're unconscious or sleeping and you summon it like into you. Oh, I thought because the guy died, the demon would have hopped into something else, the closest unconscious or dead thing. But what if there is no one else close or like who's unconscious or dead? Then does the demon sort of, are they relegated back to whatever that other plane of existence is? Hmm. Yeah, we don't get a satisfactory answer here. No, ever. (laughs) Okay, ever? (laughs) No, I don't think so. If we didn't get it here, we're not going to get it ever. It would be a weird thing to come back to. Yeah. Also on the note of coming back to things, I was listening to our School Hard episode recently uh. and got reminded that Sheila just disappeared. Oh, Sheila. Wow. Yeah, she's not coming back. What? <laughs> 100% never going to see her again. Oh. <laughs> I thought we would. Nope. Because she ran away and she's a vampire. And that's why it's so strange that they introduced this whole character of Sheila. They had her become a vampire. They had Buffy not kill her and then... Never bring her back. Never bring her back. Oh, now I'm sad. (laughs) Did you get excited thinking that Sheila... I remembered her name and everything. I was like, Amy. No. Wait. (laughs) Sheila. No, that's Australian. Wait, it's also right. (laughs) Buffy shows up at the Ethan Rain costume emporium, which is creepy and abandoned. Yeah, and she's like, man, Ethan's definitely hanging out here. Why would he be, Buffy? (laughs) He mentioned that the rent wasn't, or like he still had the place until the end of the month. He did. Earlier. So I'm pretty sure that's what got her thinking he's still there. He's also an inveterate liar, though. And it makes no sense for him to just be camping here. No, but But he is. is. (laughs) She's totally right. (laughs) Yep. And she's like, okay, I'm going to protect you. He's like, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, I need protection. Yeah, let's let's uh, hole up in the back of the store. That sounds good. And he's being so suspicious. And then he's so like, suspicious. He's like, no, no, please. You, you go first. And you're like, Buffy. And she just Whoa. does it. Don't put turn your back to this guy. Never. In her mind, I, I kind of understand because Ethan can't protect himself from this demon. He, yeah. he needs her. So It would be crazy to disable her. <laughs> It'd be crazy to whack her over the head and knock her out. <laughs> Which brings up how much of a glass cannon she is. <laughs> Like, I'm pretty sure we said that she can take a punch. Nope. But she can't. No. He whacks her over the head with what? A mannequin arm? I, for some reason, assumed it was like a metal pipe because I'm, I was thinking what else could knock her out? But I don't know why there would be a metal pipe there. So that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, she goes down and she's unconscious. Yep. What a guy. <laughs> Fucking Ethan. <laughs> this episode is really good at the spooky town. Oh, yeah. Vibe to it. Because she wakes up and she's tied face down onto a bench. And he's going to tattoo the mark of Igon onto her and get rid of his own. So that Igon goes after her instead of him. And, like, can't find him anymore. For some reason, the mark is some sort of, like, Igon homing beacon. Right. Which makes you wonder why none of these people had it removed before now. It seems very strange to not have it removed. Right, but he's fixing that now. And he's just, oh, he's just so matter of fact about it. Mm -hmm. He's like, haven't you always wanted a tattoo, Buffy? Here you go. (laughs) Yep. Tattoos her with the mark of Igon. It's such an uncomfortable scene to see her just like... Totally helpless. Yeah. And like trying to, to escape. And then this creepy dude is fucking tattooing some symbol on her. Yeah. It's really no scary. Thanks. Yeah. So tattooing takes like a, a pretty significant amount of time, Dave. And he does not have modern tattoo equipment. <laughs> He's just got like a needle and some ink. Yep. Eh. <laughs> okay. It's fine. He does a great job too. It's really it good. well shaded. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's not a large tattoo, but it's that yeah, would, it would take some time. Still take like like more than an hour at least. Well, I mean, neither of us have tattoos. How do we know? Dave, I don't want to do this again because I know that if I tell you I have a tattoo, you have a tattoo. You're gonna do that. So you feel the worst. <laughs> We cut to the Scoobies, that being Xander, Cordy, and Willow in this instance, in the library doing their research. And Xander and Cordy nearly have a fist fight. Is it a near fist fight day or is it something else entirely? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it might not be fighting in the conventional sense. They're they're Uh, yelling at each other about how they're annoyed with each other and then they're getting really close together. Real close, face to face. Real close. Willow has a great (laughs) little scene where she's super pissed off that they're not focusing on, you know, helping in any way and yells at them to get the hell out of my library. (laughs) It's great. Yeah. It's so good. God. Whenever Willow gets up in arms about anything, you're just like, this is what I want all the time. Mm, They're trying to think up how to like banish the demon. And Willow has a light bulb moment. Mm -hmm. Light bulb. She doesn't tell us what it is yet. That would spoil the surprise. Did you have any idea what she was thinking at this point? So she's got it set up that if they can force the demon out of J. Cal's body, it will hop into the nearest unconscious or dead thing. Right. They're like, we can take it to the cemetery, get it into a corpse. And then they were talking about decapitating J. Cal to get rid of it. And I was like, oh, you get it into a corpse, decapitate the corpse. Easy peasy. Kill the demon? Yeah. That seems like the the right thing to do. So that's what I thought <laughs> they right. were going to well, do. All right. Well, let's see how that goes. Uh, not well, listeners. Not well. <laughs> Ethan has some very realistic looking sulfuric acid. <laughs> no, seriously. Okay. Those oh. bottles, that's like the bottles that I used in like labs in school all through university. Oh. Like that's how, that's how you store sulfuric acid because you have to oh. store acid in glass because it'll eat yes. through anything else, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know that it had to be in glass. And um, I think so. Oh, is sulfuric the one that's kind of yellowy? Is that nitric? One of the the strong acids is kind of yellowy. Huh. So yeah, uh, this was yeah. this was all good. I was very happy. <laughs> how did you feel about him removing his tattoo with it? <laughs> not not great. Because <laughs> <laughs> he takes a very unscientific approach to it. <laughs> he just fucking He's pours just it. Rolled up his sleeve, <laughs> yeah, and just pours it all over his arm. <sighs> I mean, that's going to burn your skin for sure. Yes. Is it going to burn a tattoo off? Is it going to be where the tattoo is? (laughs) Like, (laughs) this is such a bad idea. Dab it on there maybe or something. But no, he just goes for it. He's going to have the craziest scar on his arm there. Yeah. Because, yeah, he's just going to have like a big splash of acid scar. I'm assuming it's always going to be covered by sleeves in future appearances or just forgotten about. Well, yeah, because like it would have been covered by a sleeve if he didn't have it all rolled up, right? Mm-hmm. Damn, his biceps? What? Right? Holy <laughs> fuck. This guy has arms and a half. And you're like, I'm not, I'm not sure what Ethan does in the rest of his life, but... Push-ups. Hitting the gym is clearly part of it. Yeah, no. He's hanging out at his abandoned costume store doing push-ups all day. All day, every day. <laughs> Goddamn. So everyone shows up at the costume shop. And I wrote this before truly everyone did, but I figured the whole gang would show up. Yeah. J. Cal shows up in all demon Igony form and then goes for Buffy because she now has the mark on her. <sighs> Which... I just, like, why is the mark so important? Yeah, isn't Igon pissed that Ethan summoned it? Isn't that the act that made it angry? Because it it recognizes Ripples Mm -hmm. and is talking to him like it knows him, which it kind of... And knows his actions. Right, and so... 
In the same way, you would think that the demon would remember Ethan. And be very angry at him for having, like, used it as a party drug. Basically, yeah. And is that the demon's motivation for killing them? I think so. And then at that point, you're like, so what does the stupid mark have to do with anything? Uh, magic, magic. Michaela. Magic. It's magic. Right. But yeah, Angel shows up to save the day. Yep. So yeah, we're getting a, a real big mixer here. <laughs> Everyone's invited. I think Ripples shows up at some point. Yeah. And then all of the Scoobies show up. With Angel. Including Cordelia. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're on the heels of Angel. And then Angel starts choking the shit out of J-Cow. <laughs> Sure does. At this point, she looks very demonic. Yes. This is not the same actress, is it? It could. Do you think it's like a body double? No, I think it's a completely different person. Like, I think this might be a guy. Oh, possibly. Because there's a lot of, like, fighting that happens Mm -hmm. in this scene. And the body is all transformed and demonic. Well, the face is. Yeah, true. Which makes you wonder, like, yeah, would they want to go to the trouble of doing a lot of makeup twice? Mm -hmm. Angel chokes the shit out of J. Cal and Demon's like, I don't need any of this shit. (laughs) And hops over to the nearest unconscious or dead thing, and Angel's dead. (laughs) Very convenient. (laughs) Well, I mean, this was Willow's plan. Yeah, this was exactly Willow's plan. The demon jumps into Angel's body, and they have a... I quite like this scene. Yeah. I don't know how other people felt about it, but they have a nice little shot of the vampire demon and Angel, Angel's regular self, and this icon demon, all, like, fighting in Angel's body, just basically for control. So his face is doing this whole, like, shifting thing between these three states. It's a really, I, I really yeah, liked it. It's a really good effect. Like, yeah. it looked, even now, it looked great. Uh-huh. Uh, Angel wins because he's had a demon in him for a couple hundred years that wanted a fight. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know exactly how this is meant to have worked. No one really, really. does. Yeah. I, I don't mind not knowing and having it just be down to, like, there was a fight between demons and Igon lost. And then as a result was sent back to wherever mm-hmm. Igon is from. Yeah, either killed or banished. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. And that's most of our episode. We get a brief thing of Buffy saying that she needs to remove the tattoo. (laughs) Poor Buffy. (laughs) That shit takes like, don't you have to go in for 10 lasers or something? Probably. And it's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Our real cap on this is J. Cal and Ripple's not having a fight, (sighs) but... Yeah. I mean, J. Cal's not doing great. What with the demonic possession. No, she had a pretty bad time and physically she's okay, but mentally she's not really going to be okay anytime soon. So yeah, they're having some downtime as a couple. She kind of directs a lot of this towards Giles, which I don't fault her for. No, it's not directly his fault, but yeah. No, but she just like, yeah, she just kind of needs to be alone for a while. He tries to like reach out to her. And she backs away. He's pretty hurt by all this because Mm -hmm. he already feels terrible about it because he feels responsible for all of it. And then her kind of agreeing with him makes it that much worse. But Buffy has a nice little speech just being like, I still like you. And look, now we have something in common. Isn't that nice? Buffy is wearing a pretty great outfit at the end of this episode. Okay. She has a black spaghetti strap tank top on. Because I'm telling you, Dave, tank tops are in. She's got like a purple and black neck scarf, like a fashion to scarf. To hide the tattoo. Yeah. And then she's got some purple flower clips to kind of match with her scarf. Mm. It's all real great. I really liked the it's scarf. Good coordination. Yeah. yeah. Thought it was nice. Just at the end of this episode, we get to our final segment of Ooh. the evening. A segment that I like to call Dissenting Opinions. The beauty was in your heart. Not your hands. 
Your music's bad and you should feel bad. Interesting. So, how did you like this episode, Michaela? I, I love this episode. Yeah, I thought this was great. I really enjoyed it. I, again, remembered nothing about it and don't know why. I th- thought it was a really fun story. It had some memorable bits to it, like things that I can latch onto. And it had great character development. Yeah, it fleshed out Giles a lot, gave him some backstory, made him more than like like they were saying at the beginning. Yeah. They're ju- he's just this stuffy book lover British dude to them. He's a caricature at the beginning. Yeah. And at the end, he's a real character. Yeah. This episode got a 7.8 on IMDb. Yeah, and no. Buffy episodes go from 6.0 to 9.8. This is firmly in the bottom half. For sure, yeah. Is that accurate? Was it last episode that you really weren't super on board with, but had a pretty high rating? Yes. And so, I mean, then like that's going to happen. Yeah. Because I think this episode was a better episode than last episode. Yeah. For sure. I don't remember what happened last episode. Buffy's stupid friend came. With it's his... a lot of lie to me. Oh, yeah. The orange hunting vest. <laughs> yeah, right. right, right. With his tumor brain. Billy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah not, not as good as this one. The IMDb ratings, the only like review that has anyone agreeing with it that is negative just says for the bad part Buffy wanting to stop the vampires from stealing the blood delivery and like she should be okay with it as long as they aren't killing innocent people what and that removed three stars do they not know what that blood delivery is for do they not understand how blood works no they specifically say I I understand that the blood's needed for sick people that's troublesome so I'm confused as to what people don't like about this episode and I've gotta say that I really enjoyed it yeah I don't know what they don't like about it maybe it's just because it's more Giles centric maybe people don't want to see that I don't know why though he's a great character he's wonderful and it's so nice to have something about him other than he likes books (laughs) because even yeah like the effects are fun the the demon is good. Ethan mm-hmm. is there being a scamp. On <laughs> uh, the end, he just keeps running away when they're not looking. <laughs> yes. Xander has his line like, oh, he ran away. <laughs> Twice in this episode, he runs away while they're not looking. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. So I don't know what people don't like about it. Yeah. But I really enjoyed this episode and I want more like it. Michaela, do you have a favorite fashion outfit from this yeah, episode? Yeah, no, it's it's the one at the end. Where Buffy's yep. got the tank top and the, the sweet fashion scarf. And she's nicely coordinated. Yep, I love that coordination. Yep. I really All do. All right. What's happening next episode? Next up is an episode called What's My Line Part 1. Oh. It's a two-part two episode. Yeah, it's very thrilling. This one I can actually, for once, I can actually give you kind of a little synopsis without ruining oh, the whole God. thing. Right? That's been a while. It's yeah. career day at high school. Okay. And as you might imagine, this causes some conflict internally for Buffy. Yeah. Because her career is already picked out for her, Dave. Right. And at the same time, Spike and Drusilla have hired some assassins Ugh. to come and kill Buffy. What? Do you remember anything? <laughs> no. I'm pumped, though. I, I hear Spike and Drusilla, <laughs> and I'm like, yes. <laughs> Hiring some assassins, that's cool. Yep. No, I don't really remember much about this episode. I think you're going to have forward to it, though. a great time. Yeah, okay. And then <laughs> after that, we must hit like a really deep valley, right? Because we've had a couple good episodes. So there's this one, part one and part two is the next two episodes. Uh-huh. Then there's the two like arguably worst episodes of this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. That's what I figured was going to happen. Well, I've got like an hour and a half of great TV. <laughs> to go before I hit that. Yep. Gonna be great. I'm excited. (laughs) Looking forward to it. Yep. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, listeners, if you'd like to get in touch with us about anything we've said during the show, you could reach out on Slack. I'm at Slack Attack. And Michaela? I am at Slack. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Good. And don't forget to hashtag those gifts. Welcome to the Hellmouth. So we know you came from the show. If you'd actually like to reach out to us, we have our email address, beyondvanu.hellmouth at gmail.com, or this episode will be posted on the Reddit. That's buffy.reddit.com. And until next time, farewell, farewell from, from the Hellmouth. Hellmouth. Hell no. Hell no.